people allow themselves to get bored, right? Mm-hmm. When they're good at something, mm-hmm. they're so good at it. It takes the, they take it for granted and it bores them. Yeah. When you are passionate about something, you spend so much time on it, you become a master of it. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. But David E. Simons. On this episode, we had the distinct pleasure an honor of connecting with the one and only Rome Madison. Rome Madison is an author and expert on innovation with rich executive leadership experience in the life science industry. Rome speaks and works with corporations and leadership organizations to accelerate results. His methodology identifies patterns of complacency that can result in loss of revenue, market share, and applies strategies to build a culture that promotes innovation, competition, and performance excellence. Rome is the host of the Precision Medicine Podcast, and his experience building the precision medicine industry has made him an increasingly in-demand speaker and executive coach. Rome has a powerful story to share and, and is one of those people that when you hear him speak, you will remember you will be mesmerized. So enjoy this interview uh, of an ex-jock, ex-athlete uh, turned executive um, who is, is changing the game. So enjoy the episode. So, Rome, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, Payal, hello world. First of all, David, thank you for creating this platform for people to get their message out there, to continue to encourage people to to seek that that gift, have more confidence in that gift in themselves. So I, I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. For those of you whom I have not met yet, who have not had the, the pleasure of, of speaking a word of encouragement into your lives, as David introduced, my name is Rome Madison. I am a speaker and an author my niche is healthcare, and I speak to sales organizations to help them create a culture that eliminates complacency so people work better together, more effectively together. And I always tell those leaders who I encounter in these organizations that, you know, my goal is to raise the bar on your organization so your average performers perform like superstars so you don't lose a bonus or you don't lose your job (laughs) because at the end of the day we're only as good as the team and the people that we have around us so uh, my message has evolved over the years as a speaker i just finished my third book which is called the sales elite 54 reasons superstar sales professionals have no competition but uh, in addition to that work in the corporate space, healthcare, uh, pharmaceutical space, uh, I speak at youth groups, I speak at churches, I've spoken at prisons uh, and schools to really help those people who come from where I come from, who have a background like I come from, 
uh, raised by a single parent on on welfare, quite frankly, um, limited worldview, you know, based on my neighborhood and the people that I grew up with. Uh, I speak to plant seeds that would would spawn a larger vision of how they see themselves mm. and what's possible for them in their lifetime. Wow, that, that's remarkable, Ron. Can you can you tell us about a little bit more about your background and and how you discovered those gifts and, you know, identify what your gifts were growing up and, and how you developed them to the, to what they are today. So it's kind of interesting. So, you know, I mentioned, I grew, I'm from Denison, Texas, mm-hmm. small town, Texas. Anybody knows anything about Texas, you know, Texas football reigns supreme. So growing up in a small town of less than 20,000 people, you know, everybody's desire was to play high school football. Trust me. My high school football team and the players on that high school football team was bigger than the Dallas Cowboys. So the goal was to to play football, and maybe that gave you an opportunity to get out of Denison, Texas, you know, to see something larger, go to college, um, and not be subject to just your only opportunities being working in the factories or slanging dope, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, early on when I was growing up, I recognized a gift of empathy because for whatever reason, when people spoke, um, I would listen. And this is from when I was like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. When people spoke, I immediately could sense feeling in what they were communicating, you know, whether it was, uh, people who were struggling, whether it was people who were uh, who needed encouragement, whether it was people who were suffering in some way. And when you grow up in poverty in a small town, there's a lot of that. I mean, there's certainly a lot of joy, uh, a lot of good community and family. Uh, the, the stuff that, uh, you know, America is, is made of, our communities. But I've had that gift of empathy because I always recognize that even from a young age, people would come share things with me. I never really asked why they were sharing this with me or like, what can I do about it? But I always had uh, a kind of a sixth sense to be able to listen to them and and put myself in their shoes, so to speak. So that's something that I've, that I've always had, not saying that I always recognized it. It wasn't until in, you know, my twenties and thirties when I, was growing as a, as a man and kind of discovering who I am as a person and what my gifts are doing a, a, a spiritual gifts assessment, doing a, a talents and gifts inventory for myself mm-hmm. that I really realized that that was a pattern in my life that mm-hmm. people frequently came to me um, for advice or to, for a listening ear mm-hmm. for certain things. Uh, and sometimes many years, my senior. Wow. You know, the other thing, um, in addition to that, that empathy is I, I did always have a speaking gift mm. when I was young, growing up in church, you know, I went to one of those churches, David, you know, it's this country town. So like a small church and you did everything, you know what I'm saying? Uh, my granddaddy was the deacon, you know, he, he was the bus driver, the mechanic, the, you know, wow. he did everything. <laughs> So I tagged along with my grandfather and I just got that sense of duty um, 
for for myself you know when something is not done i I'm, i just jump into action it's just natural for me when people are sitting around i'm like i see something that needs to be done i just do it uh, but in that that gave me opportunities to get in front of audiences and speak whether it was doing announcements at the church you know doing you know corporate worship prayer Right. And from an early age, you know, older folks would tell me, "Where well, are you going to be a preacher one day? You know, <laughs> Lord knows I did not, you know, that, that ain't exciting me. I don't want to be no preacher. <laughs> right. But it's just this, this simple thing. It's, it's that gift that people speak, that they see, that they're experiencing, and they're just feeding back to you what, what they see in you. Yeah. Um, Les Brown says something very powerful. He says, it's hard to see the picture when you're in the frame. Mm. And throughout our lives, there are people who speak into our lives what they see in us that many times we don't see in ourselves and we certainly don't appreciate. But if we pay attention, those people consistently, different people in different scenarios, were always there telling you what your gifts are, telling you what you have that's special that is touching lives, Mm -hmm. telling you what you should appreciate and value more in yourself because when you value those gifts when you realize that it is something that is unique to you and you you take it seriously if you develop your gifts your gifts are there to develop your life wow your lifestyle um everyone always says you know if you act on your gifts and you you manifest your gifts your room your gifts will make room for you mm-hmm. well that is truly the case and, mm-hmm. and many times it doesn't have to be a business scenario it doesn't have to be something that you monetize it can be something that you leverage to really make an impact on people and the community and the world around you and that's what your gifts are really for is to create increase in the kingdom agreed agreed so Rome, you said you said there were people that pointed out, can you tell us about, about that? Like people seeing gift, the gifts in you, the speaking gifts, some of the gifts you identified, like the empathy, maybe later in life, you realized that, that you had it. But when people pointed out the gifts, what did that do in you? What did, did you get like a con- continual confirmations? How did, how did, how did that work? Honestly, I didn't pay attention to it. Mm. <laughs> you know, I remember, you know, playing football as my sophomore year uh, in Texas high school playoffs. And, you know, even the small towns, David, they have TV shows for their football teams. Mm, wow. And so our, it was the Denison high school, you know, they come on after the 10, 10 o'clock news on Sunday, it was our coaches show and they would show high school clips and they would interview some of the the players. And I remember the first time as a sophomore, I was interviewed. I mean, this is a big thing now. Come on. This is a huge thing. Like small town, you're on TV. And uh, that year in the playoffs, I returned uh, a kickoff a hundred yards for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Wow. And uh, I was interviewed on the TV show. And I remember after that, the guy who was the sports broadcaster interviewing me, he goes, I think you got a future in TV. I didn't know what that meant. Like, Okay, thank you. I mean, that's cool. Right. It was, I didn't know what he was referring to. And then after the interview aired, it was teachers, it was students, it was all the, all those types of people who saw that they came up to me. And now I'm just happy that, that a brother got some shine. You know I did return a kickoff 99 yards. You know 
Right, right. But it was the fact that people were coming up to me and were saying, wow, you sounded so professional. You found so articulate. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, you don't know whether to be you know, thankful or mm-hmm. say, well, what else am I supposed to sound like? I mean, you know. Hey. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but it was those types of, of you know, that type of feedback mm. of people going into that they were basically foreshadowing what was to come in my life. Wow. No, that's great. That's great. And I'm sure a lot of us, I know I've done that. I'm sure a lot of those listening have done the same thing. We've glossed over those compliments, those uh, words of affirmation people see in us. Uh, So with that, in the 20s and 30s, as you said, you know, you could have gone because you were a professional athlete going on that path of, you know, because you played NCAA, right? Right. And um, uh, you were bound. Um, so how how does one because this sometimes is the gift and the curse some people have multiple gifts like you do and you know they got the speaking they got the empathy they also have this athletic ability um, how does one how did how did you navigate and how do others navigate with multiple gifts and knowing which way which direction to go we we have multiple gifts that are you know that we're blessed with that we were born with. Um, but sometimes we're not passionate about our gifts. When it comes to monetizing, when it comes to leveraging a gift or a talent, you have to be passionate about it because um, I believe, David, and you know, I'm, I'm, I have a gift of song. I can sing, oh, wow. but I don't have a passion to be a singer. Ah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so growing up. In, in the church, growing up and, and you know, singing doo wop, you know, boys to men when I was in high school, you know what I'm saying? So, so we would sing on, and when I ran track, we would sing on the track bus, we would serenade the girls. I mean, we had like singing <laughs> competitions like in the 50s, like at track meets. Yeah. So, a brother could sing. Wow. You know, uh, I, when I got into my 20s, sang with a gospel group called Heaven's Echo. We were an a cappella singing group when we would go around mm-hmm. and sing. So, we made, you know, a couple of, of LPs, records, CDs. Nice. nice but I don't have a passion to be a singer. It was just something that, you know, it was like, um, it was, a, it, was it was worship for me. It mm. was, it was really using my gift that I knew that I appreciated that I come from a family who appreciated singing and music. Yeah. Um, so I was doing that leveraging my gift. But I don't have a passion for it. So with multiple gifts, you've got to leverage the one you're passionate about. And what I mean by that is you'll do it. If nobody is paying attention, mm. You'll do it if no one pays you. You'll do it for free. You look for opportunities to do it. Wow. So when people have a passion for speaking and they come up and say, well, I want to be a speaker, I want to be a speaker. Great. Where are you speaking? <laughs> well, no, no, I just, you know, I want to get in there. I want to be on the stage. I want to like, like book. I'm like, okay, that's good. But you said you want to be a speaker. Where are you speaking now? Mm. So they don't get, if you have a passion and a gift for speaking, Right. You'll do it anywhere. You'll do it at family reunions. You'll do it at youth conferences. You'll do it at schools, churches, you know, nonprofit centers. There's many opportunities out there to go speak, to share your story, to share your gift and inspire people. If that's what you want to do, you can speak about, I don't know, basket weaving. There's so many opportunities if you're passionate about your gift to put it in motion. And when you become a master and hold that, hold on, that's a whole other. Mm. I don't even know if we got time for that. Yeah, we definitely dive into that. <laughs> so, so, so the, I think what we'll talk about later kind of leads to this. So, so mastery, 
People allow themselves to get bored, right? Mm-hmm. When they're good at something, mm-hmm. they're so good at it. It takes the, they take it for granted and it bores them. Yeah. When you are passionate about something, you spend so much time on it, you become a master of it. And it's only when you become a master of your gifts, you have expert level talent and ability and you 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 are so good at your gift that that all the other people who do what you do kind of fade when you're in your presence operating in your gift that's when people want to pay you for your gift you have to master it you have to own it you have to 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 become a a diligent seeker and teacher of your craft that's when you're you're mastering your gift and that's when it becomes profitable to you wow you know it's funny you segued right into the the next area we'd love to go in which is the development process and uh you, you hit it on the head the mastery piece that's it's so critical because we, we oftentimes and i think you can understand this you know say somebody has that athletic gift but they're not willing to put the work in and work hard on their gift because they, like you said they're bored they're actually, you know, getting beat by others who are working hard to have less of a talent. And so uh, if you could yes. speak to uh, the development process, what did you go through to develop and to build the, uh, the Superstar Sales Academy, to build this, this empire that you've built in this space? Um, and, and what did it take? You know, a lot of people don't really know what it takes to build and develop to, to the level that you've, you, you've developed to. So, you know, as I mentioned, I was raised as a, as you know, from a single mom, she raised three kids, but she was the first college graduate in our family, graduated from the University of Texas at Austin, but she didn't, she wasn't able to use her degree to really improve our quality of life because she suffered from mental illness most of her adult life. So when I reached my, I think I was around late 20s, my mother became an empty nester and unbeknownst to us she had her third and most debilitating mental breakdown she stopped going to work she eventually lost her job she lost her health benefits which couldn't access the medication she so desperately needed to maintain a, a you know stable quality of life and eventually she lost her home my mother spiraled into a lifestyle of homelessness and it's usually you know we see these people who are so gifted they inspire us to see greatness in ourselves. But many times what you don't understand is the person standing in the spotlight discovered their gift and passion for it in the darkness. And it's dark times. Like I experienced with my mother spiraling into a lifestyle of homelessness during that same year. I, I endured a season of unemployment so my professional and my personal world was was really kind of crashing down you know on me to the point to where i thought i was going to have a nervous breakdown and it's in moments of darkness like that that you're introduced to that part of yourself that is the source of infinite wisdom infinite power infinite courage and inspiration where you tap into a reservoir that you have in yourself that spawns that that passion that that stick to itiveness that 
tenacity to be really develop what you have inside of you. I call it star power. Mm-hmm. To me, I call star power your inner ability to create more of what you want in your life by simply using more of what you already have. Scripture even says it, those who have will have more, but he who who does not have, what he has will be given away. The first thing you have to understand to even get more is to realize that you have it. That's so true. You can't have a, a, a consciousness of lack and think someone is going to be your savior to give it to you. All you have, you already contain inside of you. You have all you need to succeed at the highest levels that you feel that you need or want to accomplish. It's already inside of you. So when I went through that situation with my mom and being unemployed, facing the possibility of losing everything that I had worked for up until that time, I reached that point where I dug into myself and hit that reservoir that said, you know what, I've got so much more talent, skills, ability, dreams, ideas. And before I go down, I'm going to try to leverage everything I possibly can, use every gift, every talent that I have to create increase in my world. So during that year that I was unemployed, I started modeling because people had told me earlier in life, you know, you should be a model. Are you a model? And, you know, being, a, you know, having a sports background, playing football, you know, I'm like, no model. I ain't going to see me switching down no catwalk. But during that year, I, I said, let's let's see what happens. And I went and got a portfolio. Within a three months, I was booking gigs. I've done 14 movies, TV shows. I've got um, 16 commercials that I did. And I have numerous print uh, commercial print, fashion print, uh, spreads on my portfolio. So during that year, I literally, you know, created my brand, Rome Madison, RomeMadison.com, which became a personal development brand to tell my story. Um, also during that time, because a, a brother wasn't booking that much as a model. <laughs> so during that time, I had to try to get back on the horse with finding an, a job, a finding a, you know, a career. Mm-hmm. And even though I'd been successful in sales, I couldn't find a gig because, you know, it's, it's easier to get a job when you already got a job, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so during that year, I just couldn't find an opportunity. But the one opportunity I did get to interview for was for a little known technology in cancer research and development. This was 2004. Mm-hmm. The year previous, 2003, there was a major uh, medical breakthrough project that took 20 years to finish. The Cancer Genome Atlas project had completed. The project sequenced every gene in the human body. I mean, it took 20 years to do that. And in 2003, to do a sequence took about 48 hours. I began to study oncology i had no help but you know this is the only opportunity i had so to really get qualified for the opportunity is i had to educate myself mm. so i went to barnes and nobles orders books and studied cancer for myself wow and it goes down to that conversation that we had earlier about mastery mm. what i see a lot of people in in different industries um good is the enemy of great when we say, oh, I'm good, I'm good. 
we stop working. When someone asks you, do you want to go to the gym? I'm good. You know, you're not you're not bettering your physical health. When someone asks, you know, you want to read this particular book, I'm good. You're blocking opportunities to deepen your expertise, your knowledge level. So it was back then that I was spending eight hours a day studying cancer. So what I did not know is that I was getting ahead of everyone else in the talent pool who was interviewing for those job opportunities. So even though I didn't have the resume nor the background or the work experience that they were looking for, Mm -hmm. at the end of those three months of interviews, I asked the one who would become my mentor, the vice president who hired me, his name is Pat Coons, why they actually hired me. And he said, honestly, it wasn't close. He says, you knew more about how this technology fits into practice, how to articulate the value proposition, um, why it's important. They said, you just knew more than everybody else. And they told me in, in retrospect, the process was supposed to be three interviews over one month. It ended up being six over three months because they could never, they could never eliminate me from the pool because they were like, surely there's somebody out there who has the experience and background they want. I mean, you can't hire this guy. So every time they would just define, try to find more people. Um, and therein lies the story of mastery. You have to be willing to spend that time on it. Uh, and since 2004, when I started working, the industry, Uh, of what we now know as precision medicine has grown. Mm -hmm. And as I started growing with the initial studies that that weren't much back then, um, now there are thousands of studies. And I am a consultant for the industry, pharmaceutical companies, startups in the precision medicine space that are launching commercial products or test to, uh, you know, launch and scale into the market. And I help them create commercial strategy that gets them off to a fast start, coach their executives and their individual contributors to help them understand these very complex concepts. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's sales. Yeah. No matter what you're selling, right. you still have to understand the problem that it solves, how to articulate that you have the solution, and then ask for the business. No matter how complex the conversation might be, mm-hmm. it still comes down to a simple conversation about solving problems for the customers that yeah. you face. And um, over the course of those years, I've been able to master this particular area of sales. Wow, that is an amazing journey. Uh, yeah, I remember a conversation we had about this, the fact that uh, you, you mean you, you had a, a doctor's level, if not higher, of understanding that you, you put yourself through to, to learn this material and you continue to, to develop in, in your understanding in, in, of your field and you truly are an expert in this um, field and uh, and one of the elite in the field. So what, what do you, so I can, I can picture somebody saying, well, I don't have a passion maybe necessary to, to study the medical stuff, but I like the speaking and the coaching side of what you do and executive coaching. How did, so how did you push through to learn something that maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe you do have a, a, a natural desire to learn the medical aspects and just, or did you, you know, so what, what, what drove you to be able to handle that level of content? Most people are going to give up. And it was there a why pushing you stronger to, to, to get to the other side of that. How did you push through yeah. that? Absolutely. You know, and, and you hit the nail on the head. 
I probably would not have done that if my mother wasn't sick. Mm. I probably would not have done that if I had other options, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when you're in a position uh, like I was, where my mother was unstable and me living 500 miles away from her, um, kind of trying to manage the situation through my brother and like other people that I knew in my community, I probably would not have, have had that drive or faith in myself or excuse me, faith in God mm-hmm. who I just had to turn it over to him that, you know what, you've got to be leading me to something that's greater than where I am now. So I'm just going to put my trust in you. If this is the only opportunity I have to, to study this, because, because please understand when you said that you quit, Oh, you have no idea how many times I wanted to quit and felt mm-hmm. stupid. Like you, what am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. Like, I could be spending my time some other kind of way. Right. I did not know that I had the capacity to do those things, mm. but I had a why driving me that if this was the only opportunity that I had, I'm going to give it my all yeah. and just have that faith that God was leading me to something that he was intentional mm. about what he's placed in my path. Mm. So, so that's how, you know, I did it And for the, the person who's out there, my story is not your story. My experience is not yours, but our paths are likely the same because you have a burning desire. You have a vision of how you see yourself and you don't know how it's going to happen. Whether that's launching a business, it may not be, you may not have identified your gifts and your strengths, your talents in that way yet to know enough of what you're passionate about and how you want to leverage it. But even if you have a vision of what you want your life to be, if you have a big enough reason why you want it, And the what stays in vision, doesn't matter what you want, as long as you know why, the how shows up on its own. So so continue to keep your vision in focus. My vision was to be in a stable situation that made enough money that I can take care of my mother no matter where she was, that I can have a house for her uh, that she would go to no matter how sick or what kind of episode she was experiencing. She would always have a place to go to. That was my vision. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I certainly didn't set out to to be, uh, you know, a voice in precision medicine. I didn't even know that I could be or any of the things that I'm doing today were even available to me. But it goes back to recognition of gifts. Hmm. It's no coincidence that I ended up in the space of cancer care, taking care of terminally sick patients providing information to care providers who need help taking care of these types of patients. So I under, I have a a natural empathy for not only the position that the patient is in fighting this scary disease called cancer, the three words that no one wants to hear. You have cancer. Just the diagnosis has the power to kill people. And I have the empathy for the healthcare provider that many times the patient and the patient's family is looking at him to be the savior, to have all the answers, to give me that one medication, that pill that's going to make me whole again. Quite frankly, they don't have the answers and they have to stand there and look as if they are confident, look as if they do have the answers. Mm. And I understand the position they're both in. It's that empathy piece. And then when it comes to communication, 
it's the ability to not only speak to these people one-on-one, -on -one, but to speak to a larger audience about these very complex and, techn and technical um, technology in a way that makes it very simple for them to adopt and understand. Wow. That's, that's so profound. Uh, it's amazing. God is using all your gifts. Uh, you know, the empathy, the, the speaker, the coach, the, the, the listener, all of those things uh, came full circle. Uh, now that has taken you, the level of mastery that you have has taken you all over the place, speaking and impacting lives in, in, in within the industry. And also, like you said earlier, um, in other industries. So tell us about that. Once you've, after you've got this level of mastery, now you can command um, the mon monetary value from that. How did you transition into that piece? And, um, you know, cause some people don't feel confident to, to, to say I'm worth this, I'm charging this. Um, uh, uh, my time is worth this. My, 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 my brains, my, my development, my experience is worth this. So how did you get to that standpoint where you are today, where now you're distributing that gift in all over the place? The short answer is I got help. Hmm. You know, some of them, some of you guys out there have a gift of cooking, right? Your, your cakes are divine and heavenly. Hmm. But because that is your gift doesn't mean you have the gift of running a business. Ooh. So people always tell you, man, you should open a restaurant. You should be a baker. You should do these things. Um, just because you have the gift doesn't mean you are um, talented in the area of monetizing that gift. Mm. So you got to recognize that you need help. So I found a coach, uh, Del Toro, is, which is how we both met. Del Toro McNeil uh, was the first person that... And, and I'd been to other personal development conferences, heard other speakers speak. Uh, all of them were, were extremely talented, impacted my life in some profound way. But when I came in contact with Del Toro, I knew that, okay, this is a guy who could help me take this to another level. And through his coaching, I learned the business of speaking. And I formulated my business, I started to market and position myself in the speaking industry to where I could monetize my gift. Mm -hmm. So it literally comes down to finding the right person. And, and here's the thing, just as we mentioned a minute ago, if you know what you want and your why is big enough, the house shows up on its own, just keep taking steps towards what you want. Keep your why in play every single day because that's going to push you you know, a, a lot of people, you know, when we face those insurmountable obstacles and we, we procrastinate, we become fearful of failure. Mm -hmm. If you allow that fear to stand in front of you, you won't move. But if you put that fear on your back, it'll push you mm. beyond those obstacles. And many times it requires getting the right help. So if you do have a gift that you're passionate about, Find the right coach or mentor who can push you, who can give you the knowledge, the tools, and the resources that you need to properly position that gift in a way that people will pay for, mm -hmm. to find your tribe or your audience who are desperately looking for you. Because I guarantee you, there's people, David, that your voice will reach and that you're meant to speak into that my voice is not. So the, the real answer is no one is a success all on their own. 
there's not one of us that are better or smarter than all of us. So it really takes a team of people with different perspectives, different abilities to help move us into a position where we can monetize our gifts and our talents and create a business for ourselves or to make a larger impact in the way that we want to create significance in our lives. Wow. That is so man, you're dropping some gems on people today, bro. This is this is phenomenal. Um I have a few more questions for you. The the, the question we always ask towards the end is bro, what what is the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? Hmm. Well that's a good question. I don't know if I've ever really been asked that, right? Mm-hmm. Um for me, your gifts are, are kind of hardwired. You know, you only you will know them. I mean, people can speak to them, but only only you are going to know that, yeah, this is something that I've had all my life that has come so easy to me. This has got to be a gift. But your purpose is something that you decide. You don't discover your purpose. You decide what your purpose is. Mm-hmm. And you define that. No one can tell you that you're wrong. Now, you might think your gift is singing, but, you know, people can tell you that you're wrong. If they are not feeling your anointing, right. you might want to rethink that gift category, right? Right. Um, but when it comes to your purpose, you know, your, your pursuit of that purpose is proof of that purpose, if you will. When you're purposed to do something, you have to do it. It it burns in you. You think about it, it churns in you, um, and you won't be satisfied until you act on it because there's a certain level of self-gratification that comes from it that is unlike any other. So that's something that you have to decide for yourself what that is. Um, and I don't think that um, your spirit will leave you alone until you properly find that area of your life. Because in, in life, it's not success so much that we should be chasing. It's really significance. Mm. How do you want to be remembered? <clears throat> What's going to be your legacy? You know, what have what do you have these gifts and talents for? Why did God bless you with those those combination of gifts, talents, and abilities, looks, ideas that he didn't give to anybody else? There's a reason. And I think that leads you to your purpose and how you should use those and leverage those gifts in the kingdom to create increase for you and the world around you. I love it. Well said. Well, Rome, it's been an honor and a pleasure. I'd love for you to share how people can get in contact with you, um, upcoming projects, things that you're doing. Um, you know, I know, I know you're author of many books. You know, you said the third, the third book's coming out. So tell us about that. How can people uh, benefit from your gift? Absolutely. Well, first of all, you can go to romemadison.com. That is my website and opt-in to my, my, my communication list. I send out educational pieces. I will be launching the book um, in a campaign, a sales campaign where I'm giving the book away for free. I'm going to be doing webinars. So if you go to romemadison.com, you connect with me on any of my social media platforms. Uh, if you can Google Rome Madison, 
you Google Rome Madison, two things are going to pop up. The first thing is going to be my website, RomeMadison.com. You can connect with me there. The second thing is going to come up are women's ski boots. That's not me. <laughs> However, below the women's ski boots, you'll find my social media platforms, uh, Rome Madison on Facebook, Rome Madison on Instagram, Rome Madison on LinkedIn. And if you connect with me on any of those platforms, you'll be able to see the launch of that book. You'll be able to see free education that I put out there. But I would just love to be connected with you to give me a shout out to let you know you heard this podcast or wherever you you encountered. And if it's making a difference, it's making an impact, engage with me and let me know uh, feedback of what you need and how I can serve you guys. Wow. Thank you, Rome. So I'm going to make sure that we put that in the show notes and uh, they'll get access to all the incredible wisdom that you ha- are offering to them. And again, Rome, thank you. You, you really blessed me. You blessed. I know the listeners will be blessed by, by this, this transformational material. If, you know, I just wish this kind of stuff and this kind of conversation was taught in school. You know, oh my like, gosh. You know, this. Oh man. We can be here for another three hours. Know, about right? Oh gosh. You know, I mean, I, I look back and I'm like, man, what did I learn? Right. Yeah. School of hard knocks is the best teacher sometimes. I hear you. I hear you, brother. Thank you, Rome. So I appreciate you, sir. Um, really, really, really value you. Thank you so much for sharing this wisdom and, um, just can't, can't thank you enough. It is my pleasure. Thank you and keep serving. Yeah, brother. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it. And I'd love to give that to you as a free gift, as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.com. David D. Simons.com. That's podcast dot David, the middle initial D, Simons, S I M O N S dot com, and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode.